Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire over on USA Today. And Jay, it's good to be back here with you tonight. And we just got done with a really, really fun interview with former Jacksonville Jaguar DB Will Blackman and now fellow host here on the Believe Podcast Network. And I, you know, I'm really excited to just uh, let this one play for everybody because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. And it's like I was telling you after the interview, man, it seems like each interview is just like gets better and better, you know, like that we've done so far. And um, that being said, this one, you know, shout outs to Believe for this one, because obviously they brought him into the equation. But, you know, Will was a guy that we always followed. I don't know if you follow him, but I know he's pretty active on Twitter. But I followed him. Uh, he's always tweeted about his past experience so when they announced it what was it two weeks ago that he would have his own podcast with us I was like you know what we got to get him on so um we got that wrapped up and uh yeah we got a quality episode for everybody and uh once again we appreciate the support and all of the love and everything everybody's been giving us on Twitter and on so on and so forth it's crazy feel because like we can really see the brand starting to grow now and I think we're at what a year in so in terms of that, you know, we're very thankful and uh, continue to rate, comment, subscribe, so on and so forth. Yeah, guys, just like Jay said, you know, the audience is, is continuing to grow and the the responses that we're getting. And we are also on Instagram now as well. Uh, just for, for those of you who do not know, you can follow us on Believe in Jags Pod on Instagram as well as Twitter. You can find me at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. And of course, make sure you're following the Jaguars wire for all of the up-to-date Jacksonville Jaguar news. Uh, but yeah, guys, we're not going to waste uh, any more time. We're going to get right into this interview here in just a moment. Again, as Jay mentioned, if you are still in, if you are enjoying the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave that five-star review. That is one of the best ways you can support us. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And of course, we are part of that awesome Believe podcast library on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a special shout out to our first sponsor of the day, Bet Online. You know, guys, football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is BetOnline.ag. Uh, Jay, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, uh, actually earlier today, who said they were about to throw some money down on the Celtics over the Mavs. And I told them, that's a terrible idea because Luka Doncic is going to go off and he hit that game winner uh, just the other night for those of y'all that missed it. Uh, you know, other than sports, Bet Online also covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They have hundreds of prop bets with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
So with all that being said, you guys, let's get into our discussion with Will Blackman, former Jacksonville Jaguar defensive back and host of the Wine MVP podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, folks. So here we have it, our much anticipated conversation with former Jacksonville Jaguars DB, Will Blackman. He, of course, is also a Super Bowl champion and the host of the brand new Wine MVP podcast over on the Believe Network. Will, thank you so much for joining us. We hope that, uh, you know, wherever you are, you're, you're safe and, and getting through this crazy, what was it, like 365 days we've been through in the, <laughs> the last year or so. So thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Much anticipated. Well, yeah, I man, we're that. hyping you up, man. Of course. Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I miss, I miss Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and uh, you know, you're all, you're, you're definitely held in, in high regard around here, which, which is why we were excited to bring you on. We have a couple of questions for you in terms of, you know, the past as well as, of course, more, more importantly, the future with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're in a very, very uh, good spot to say the least. And I think that's where we will start with, of course, them having the number one overall pick in the draft, which of course means all eyes are on one Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, as a former DB with, with, you know, a starting NFL. Experience, but how do you know you that? <laughs> how do you know all eyes are on him? We don't know what urban's going to do. That That is fair enough. So that, so let's start there. So, you know, as far as, you know, what you've seen from Trevor, you know, as you know, what do you, what you've seen from him as well as what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe some of the national pundits not being 100% sold on him, specifically what, like what Ryan Clark said the other day. Hold on. I just got my first cameo request. How about that? You heard it. You can get yeah. Will Blackman on cameo. We'll make sure you to heard link it that. first. <laughs> I just, I literally just logged in the other day. I was like, ah, oh, let me try this. And I just saw an email. You just got booked. How about that? <laughs> he said, I'm a huge Packer fan slinging sports. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> the jaguars <laughs> if you're listening whoever whoever that person is we just gave you we just no it's cool actually I've been, I've been i've been fortunate so i get i got to see uh trevor lawrence up close because i'm good friends with jordan palmer and all we're all training guys for the combine in the same area here in southern california so um i mean that's for me that's the play you know i i i mean he's been the the best quarterback since he's been been playing you know so it would i don't know it would be a travesty just not to go that route. It would have to be something really awkward and weird that we don't know about for them not to go that route. Like if he's part of some like underground cult, we don't know about, you know, be <laughs> if he hasn't scrubbed his Twitter properly or something like that, like, I feel like he's a pretty smart kid. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a good kid. So I like that. So is there anything, you know, what you think? I don't know if you did, if you saw what uh, specifically what Ryan Clark said the other day, on, on ESPN where he said he's not 100% totally sold in terms of what he's seen from Trevor, you know, do you think it is something, there is something there when, when you look at maybe his, you know, the, his, his most, his last performance there against Ohio state or the performance against LSU and people talking about him getting outperformed by, uh, by Joe Burrow, of course, a couple of years ago, you know, do you think there's anything there that of course, you know, with any rookie there's concern, but do you think with Trevor, maybe he's not this, you know, generational talent that everyone thinks he is. Um, I think that's that's a fair assessment by Ryan. I just feel like he's just been playing to because he had to play. I feel like he peaked so early in his performance that he just had to keep playing these next few years because he had to. And right. I mean, we haven't I don't think we ever seen a dominant performance like Joe Burrow ever. 
So that if you want to compare that, then that's that's kind of different. Who was outside of like Cam Newton, who had a, like a crazy year too. But we never seen anything like that from a quarterback. So I understand that comparison. Um, I think he's just looking for. This is my assumption. I don't know what Ryan's thinking, but probably he he just wants a clear cut, like a dominant dude in college to you know for there not to be any questions because. Right. Truly, as everyone thinks and has everyone exhausted the fact that he is for sure the number one, there's a lot up in the air. You know, you got guys rising up the board like Wilson. You got, you know, Justin Fields. They've been talking one and two towards, you know, as the end of the season. So who knows, you know, and now Urban's there and Justin's an Ohio State kid. So there's all kinds of things going on. So, again, it all depends on what somebody wants. You know, when you get a new GM and a new head coach, like they have a specific specific guy in mind. And that's that's everywhere, you know, and it's kind of like that they're tied to the hip. So it's like when, yeah, you're in a draft and you got Deshaun Watson and you got Mahomes sitting there, but your guy is Mitch Trubisky. That's who you want, you know. So they went up and got him. Like I said, we've seen crazier things. You you go to Arizona, you know, they they draft Josh Rosen. He's the guy. And then you get, you get a new uh, head coach and he's like, well, I want this guy and you're in position to take that guy. And they did it. So it all, it all depends, man. Who knows? Yo, I want to say real quick, um, Will, while you're on and, um, you you know, you kind of alluded to it in terms of uh, Ryan's terms of thinking. My thing is like, can we like really hold it against, and this is, this is where I stand at it in terms of the LSU game. Can we really like hold it against, uh, Trevor Lawrence to like you know not succeed against that LSU team, which like they sent eight draft picks or ten draft picks into the draft. What was it in uh, 2020 last year or whatever the case may be? So in terms of a talent to talent comparison, that Clemson was a talented roster, but I mean you you probably aren't going to find many teams as talented as that LSU team that Trevor Lawrence had to go against that year. No, that's that's a true fair assessment, because at the end of the day, when you're evaluating a quarterback, you're look you're looking at certain things in particular. He's he's always played against the top competition since he's been, you know, in college. You know, guys like, you know, Josh Allen didn't play against top competition like that, but he had all the, the skills necessary. He didn't have the numbers either, he, but he had the skills to be a you know a top 10 quarterback, a top 10 pick in the draft. So in this case, again, I just feel like Trevor checked all the boxes way too early where it gave everyone enough time to pick everything apart for him yet he's still the favorite to go number one after after all that stuff so I think it was just the essence of the time that that made people second guess because they had time to second guess it's not like all of a sudden his last year he just went off and everyone just loved him you know and so I think that's where it is yeah and of course with Trevor like you look at a guy like you said you know he started there was nowhere for him to go if you look at it, but down. And not that his down was plummeting, but like when you start off as, as high as he did, there really wasn't anything else left for him to do except for people to kind of start, you know, maybe nitpicking at a few things here. But yeah, Jay, you do make a good point there uh, for sure. Uh, and, you know, also what you said, Will, you know, just depending on, we know a lot of the reason as, as to why Urban is here is because he had this opportunity to work with the quarterback that he wants. I'm, I'm We've always been curious if, this decision is made if they're picking two or three or, or, or whatever else, you know, any other position, but number one, but he's, you know, he's here, he's standing over Trevor Lawrence on throw day, like a dude watching the girl on the dance floor. You know, he's, he's looking, he's, he's, he's eyeing in on this guy. Well, well this sure is awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, no, this is, this is a, this is a whole entire reset culture shift. 
And so not only do you have the number one pick, but this is his chance to really come in and put his his blueprint on on this organization, you know, because right, Caldwell's gone too. Everyone, everyone is gone. So he's here. This is an opportunity to have a clean slate. And that's where you, as a as a coach like him, that's the type of position you want to be in. You know, I remember when uh, as a GM, John Dorsey, when he took over the Cleveland Browns, they had so many picks, so much cap space. And that's like a general manager's dream. So he took that because he's like, OK, I get to put my mark and my staple on this organization. And when you're a coach like Urban Meyer, where you have done that at Utah, at Florida, at Ohio State, you walk into situations and you really flipped it around and made it your own. I understand that's college, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a younger game now. And in order to be successful, you just you just need a culture change. You know, as long as everyone's on the same page and they, and they believe what's going on, that's what you can do. And he, and he has, he's a proven winner. Yeah. And to add on to that, too, like if you're Urban Meyer and you're going to take your first swing at the NFL, like what better time to do it than like when you have this surplus, this surplus of picks and, uh, you know, all of these resources that you mentioned, basically like John Dorsey had draft picks, the most salary cap space in the league, uh, a, a direct path to Trevor Lawrence. Like if there ever was a time for Urban Meyer to step into the league and step into the quote unquote perfect situation, I think it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And right. by the way, we're sure. I mean, you know, we don't know what Shad Khan's paying them, but we're pretty sure that Shad Khan is paying them pretty good money. Uh, not that he's paying them like Pete Carroll or anybody, but, you know, it was definitely a figure that Urban probably looked at and said, like, hey, I mean, the Big Ten Network is fun and all Fox Sports is fun. <laughs> but, like, uh, you know, this is a, a really good offer in terms of the money and the assets that I have to build with. Right. And, and things change. Like, we were just talking, I was talking about it with an agent. Like, is there's no more, you know, my quarterback's going to sit and wait and play, you know, five years later. Like, quarterbacks are playing now. Young guys are playing now. Like, coming out the gate, it's, it's no more, it's not a veterans game anymore. Young guys are playing immediately. And then, of course, it's, it's attractive for Urban to come back to where he's heralded, you know, down there in uh, North Florida. I mean, he's, he is the man in North Florida. You know what I mean? So, every, everything checked the box for him. And then if he does not do well in Jacksonville, it's not going to diminish or tarnish his his legacy in college football. It'll just be another guy who just didn't do well in the NFL. He's like, sure, I might as well take a crack at it. Definitely. Well, uh, again, number one seems to be pretty much a lock, but I want to get to Jay's question here because uh, he has a, a question about a, another prospect here in the draft that, that you actually have a pretty good connection with. Yeah, you already spoke on basically, you know, uh, working with draft prospects or seeing them in person. One that we saw the video on is you working with Keith Taylor Jr., who's actually yep. one of the favorite prospects of mine in this draft. I mocked him to the Jags, by the way, um, and uh, I think it was the third round. So anyway, he went to the Senior Bowl. He showed out, man. So I want to know, like, your your personal thoughts after working with him, and I'm sure you're still working with him, but your personal thoughts on him as a prospect and also, I wanted to um, know whether or not um, it's any other prospects in the draft, you know, in terms of DBs, or it could be just prospects in general that you like, uh, not necessarily going to Jacksonville, but that you just like in general. Yeah, I mean, Keith has been uh, a joy to work with. <clears throat> you know, I, um, you know, I help out, I get contracts, like I said, by agents. He's represented by Rep One. And yeah, just he's just an, a mature individual, obviously 6'3". He's, he's very, very long. 
and he's ultra competitive and he just has like this, 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 this dog nature in him where people weren't sure. And I know people look at it in terms of like, he doesn't have any interceptions. So that's a knock in terms of like his ball skills, whatever. But in terms of, he just, he just needed a small mental shift where um, he had to like truly challenge himself and, and really go out there. And that's what we worked on getting him ready for the senior bowl to just challenge everybody to just, okay, if you don't get picks, they don't catch the ball, really work your rep, rep uh, your, your reps and your technique and just go after it. You know, guys just wanted to see him compete. They, they see him as a guy who came from a, you know, he's from a nice family. He doesn't really uh, play as physical as he has, you know, obviously they only played a few games this year. So he didn't have a, few, a full season to really display what he can do. But it was all about he just needed a small mental shift to get ready to compete against those guys. And I think he's done that. And so I, I'm, I'm super excited for him. I definitely have him right. He could be an early third or somebody falls in love. He could sneak into the late second, depending on how he runs, too. You know, he'll probably run uh, pretty well. And actually, I have two I have two defensive backs. The other one I have is Elijah Molden, for, also from uh, University of Washington. And he's uh he's he's special. He's just uh his his ball skills, his IQ. He's real. He's a real student in the game. He played the same position, uh, Buda Baker played, uh, when he was at UW. So I got two really really incredible guys, and it, it's fun. You know, it was fun for me to do that to train those guys. Uh, my one of my guys was Sean Bunting over in Tampa Bay. He was somebody that I trained uh, coming out for the draft too, and it was it's really cool to watch him for. So I I enjoy that. I think he uh, will be uh, an excellent, excellent player in, in the NFL uh, when he gets drafted. So I'm excited for him. Yeah. So to me, it sounds like basically uh, coaching might be in your future. So if if you want to <laughs> take the floor right now, <laughs> uh, take a shot at. I just look. I just like sharing. I like sharing, man. I, I like sharing knowledge. I played football from ages six to. 35 years old, man, it'd be a travesty to not share anything that I know with somebody. So I, I love, I love that part. So I don't know if I want to do those dog hours again, to be there all night. I was that guy too. I was at the facility all damn night. So I don't know if I want to do that again, but who knows if somebody called, I would listen. Well, there you go. Well, remember you can come back. You can come right back here to believe in the Jaguars. If you, if you feel like breaking that news. <laughs> with us we'll take it <laughs> now that we're in this believe game together you know that you know we're all about breaking news i'm trying to tell you yeah stuff. so we would definitely we would definitely appreciate it but no uh that that's that's great to hear and uh, again yeah it was a unique opportunity of course to speak with you because jay had mocked him to us uh, in, in the third round so i was excited to to get that get that question over to you i want to speak on the other side of the ball here and and see if you have any thoughts on uh, the group of receivers here that the Jags have, you know, definitely some young guys, DJ Chark, we've been saying for a long time, top five deep threat in football. Um, the numbers show that. And LaVisca Chenault and Colin Johnson also had a really, uh, really solid rookie rookie yeah. campaigns as well. So have you been able to keep an eye on those guys over here, you know, throughout their early career? Yeah, I actually know Colin very well. He was out here too, um, training with us. It's me. I work with defensive backs and Ricky Pro works with the receivers. And so Colin was out here and we really got to, um, really watch it. And it's funny too, because Colin, he was another guy too, where we, we kept challenging him and we, he also had to make a, a mental shift and same thing. He went to the senior bowl and, and did his thing over there too. So I think it's, it's, it's a great group of receivers. Here's the thing though, with, with, with the NFL man, is that you, you really only need a few guys and let me, let's not get this wrong too. They have a hell of a receiver coach too. 
Uh, that's a that's that's a big deal. But it's just a matter of just overall just putting putting guys in the in the right position and having the right person to throw the football. So it's hard when there's there's so much change, there's so much uncertainty when you're a rod receiver. And I'm speaking just from experience. You know, I remember in college, I got asked to go play wide receiver, and I immediately said no, just because well, one, I was I was rated high as a defensive back going into my senior year, but eventually I did make the decision. And what made my life easy for me is I had Matt Ryan throwing me the football. You know, that was kind of like given like, yeah, of course I'll, I'll play with Matt Ryan. So actually I always, I already told the story so many times, but I almost played receiver in Jacksonville. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I told that. I told a story. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it was funny in 2013. I remember so many guys got hurt and Justin Blackman was in trouble and we literally had no one for Sunday and I was and they remember like I played I was all ACC receiver you know I, I would have made first team but some some bum named Calvin Johnson made first team you know all ACC and I don't know how he got over me but never heard of him yeah I don't know. some guy oh. whatever he went to the hall of fame but whatever it is what it is <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah I was all ACC receiver and they they knew my whole background so I remember I stayed after practice and I had to run routes with uh, Blaine Gabbert he was just he was just hitting me with a rocket ball so I'm like Blaine we're just playing catch bro like chill out man you know you know, <laughs> we know you got a strong Super Bowl arm. champion Blaine Super Bowl Gabbert champion, by the way Blaine guy, no doubt and congrats yeah. to, Blaine, to Blaine but yeah he was like two feet away from me slinging it but I they made a small receiver package and just in case I had to go um but yeah it's it's really it's really big on having a, a really good quarterback I, I look at guys you know you look at someone like uh Tom Brady and Peyton Manning like how many guys you know they made look good because because of their talent you know Russell Wilson got a lot of people paid like I based off quarterback success on how many players you get paid if you get them paid that makes you a hell of a quarterback so yeah I, I expect depending who we get here you know at quarterback I expect them to continue to do well for the team Hey, folks, hope you're enjoying this conversation Jay and I are having with Will Blackman. But really quick, we want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the go-to place to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching and dozens of other inspection points each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and it also protects sellers with a verified return process and for sneaker sellers out there ebay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over a hundred dollars making it free to sell or flip your collection go to ebay.com sneakers today ebay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection with that being said, let's get back to this conversation with Will Blackman. You know, that story um, that you just spoke on about you uh, basically having to get reps at receiver, I actually wrote on that on the Jaguars wire when you um, actually broke it on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that one did a, a lot of numbers, if I can recall, because it was just an interesting situation because like we that made me start to begin to wonder. I think everybody else did too. I, I'm not sure if Phil read it, but uh, we all began to wonder like, well, if we ever get in that situation now, like who are the guys that they can utilize at receiver in an emergency situation? Because if you can recall, Phil, a lot of our receivers were hurt this year too. 
and it was looking like we was getting down to the wire, but I guess thanks to the- You were getting down to the Jaguar wire? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Shout out to the Jaguar I do know that LaVisca was our, our emergency QB at one point. And I said, you know what? We should just try it <laughs> just to have some fun. I remember that. I do remember that. We should put Miles Jack at emergency running back too, by the way, because he was good at that at UCLA, oh, yeah. if you can recall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout outs to Miles Jack, right? But yeah, go ahead, Phil, man. You got the next. Well, what the, I just wanted to add on to the uh, to the receivers because there's been a lot of talk here lately about the return possibly of Allen Robinson, and you know that's kind of swirling around. And of course, just like we talked about, they have a really good young core here in Jacksonville. And do you think bringing back a guy who? You know, Allen, who is an, an, a very underrated and underappreciated receiver, in, in our opinion, for sure. Does, does bringing him back into the fold kind of complicate things for the guys that you're trying to, you know, of course, build up and, and get better? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's worth that. If you have the cap space, you need to go and, and pay those primary positions, you know, get strong up front on both sides of the football, you know, continue to get guys to rush the pasture, you know, find, a, a you know, somebody who can hold down the back end at safety. You gotta, you gotta find those prime guys and positions that you need because now you're really building for the long run. I feel like when you want to go get a receiver and pay him, it's kind of like, okay, we we built a little nucleus around it. Okay, so now we can go get somebody and give somebody that money because we do need one more guy, you know. But I think if you're starting from scratch and you want to build, you gotta build from the foundation. The foundation always starts up front on, on any football team, regardless of what the analytics say. <laughs> Well, you know, speak, speaking of that, as far as, you know, really great receivers in the in, in the league, we want to ask you, we, we wanted to ask you in your time, who was the the best wide receiver you went up against while you are you in the league? Hmm. It was, you know what? The, the top three most difficult was was OBJ, AB and Josh Gordon when he was in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. OK, I, I yeah. He got one touchdown on me, but I witnessed a, almost a 300-yard receiving day when we went out there. And that was <laughs> when yeah, that'll when, do it. When Brandon right. when Brandon <laughs> Whedon was throwing the football, that's how you know he was good. Okay, Whedon was throwing Josh Gordon the football, and he got off a 297. Hey, it takes a man to admit that, though, man. You know what I'm saying? Dude, listen, I, I listen. I'm like he's the he's the closest thing I've seen to Megatron. Straight up, straight up. I know, like I know people want to. Compare with DK, DK, yeah, he, he DK is closer to To than than I think. I think Josh Gordon was closest to Megatron, like just how how smooth he was in his routes, how athletic he was in terms of like his fluidity. I, that's why I said that To was just a big, strong, just I'm running the go ball, and you're not gonna catch me. You're not, and we hear that a lot too, as far as from from former players, as far as Josh Gordon, like he could have been one of the all-time greats, you know, and of course, you know, it, 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 the circumstances were what they were, but yeah, that, that honestly didn't surprise me with that, that you said. Josh well, Corley, well, cause but. here's, here's the difference is that I feel like when, when fans compare who are the best players, they look at the numbers, right. And I feel like when players compare who the best player is, we look at the skill, you know, a prime example, everyone is like, I don't see everyone, but majority is not really hot on Matt Stafford anymore. But the consensus around the league from the players and the coaches is like Matt in terms of like skill, he's it's he's right there with Mahomes and Rodgers. 
And you can throw Josh Allen in that group in terms of like just absolute pure skill and ability. He just unfortunately suffered on a terrible team. Was Barry not mentioned as one of the greatest running backs ever? I'm sure he was. He was just on a, but he was on a terrible team. Like playing against Stafford. That's why for him to go to the Rams, what McVay is way more lethal than what people think it is. Because that's Absolutely. that saying it's pretty much the same offense. Aaron Rodgers just went off him. You know, can you quick release off, you know, throwing it off the platform. So that's why it's interesting. Even when guys are like, oh, you know, Josh Gordon is like, oh, he's not really that good. Cause his, I'm like, okay, we lined up against this dude. Okay. Like, I know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up Matthew Stafford. Cause that's something we actually talk about a lot, Jay. Cause with, with Jay, he's, he's a, a big bulldog fan. So we followed him, you know, his entire career. Exactly. I made this point a long time ago that Matthew Stafford, I think now has gotten to the point, even without it, but is a hall of famer, even without the super bowl, but with the super bowl, he's absolutely getting in. Is, is Matthew Stafford a hall of famer? Matthew Stafford, he'll get in, but it might be a little bit. Mm-hmm. It might be a little while. Does the super bowl put him in right away? No question. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Not even just Super Bowl, just like some get some playoff wins. That's true. You know, yeah. make some make some deep runs in the playoff where it's it's going to be competitive like that. But he he needs something he needs something postseason wise to help him. That's why, you know, people are being suspect about Philip Rivers. You know, I think he's legit. You know, going to get in, but people are like, oh, he might have to wait a little bit. So. He's definitely gonna have to do some postseason stuff to get in. Like you can't just throw for five thousand and then you're good. You gotta do something extraordinary. Like can the can the can this period of time be written without Matt Stafford right now? You know, some some might yeah. say yes, some might say no. I don't know. Yeah, I'll definitely say no. I mean, but you know me, I'm a Matthew Stafford guy. I mean, he was like the personally, <laughs> not only just the Georgia thing, but he was the best. I think if I can recall, he was the highest high school recruit of like my time. So like I've always had an immense amount of respect for him. And yeah, I agree. Like now that he has the defense on the opposite end of the ball, too, because people forget like the Lions were like 31st or 30th in defense. He has a defense now, by the way. He has Aaron Donald on the other side. He has Jalen Ramsey on the other side. They're probably going to lose Josh Johnson through free agency, but they still got some some uh some beast over there i got i got him going to y'all that's what's up i said yeah i said john johnson i said john johnson going to jacksonville or or detroit one of those two teams okay if you if you know him personally put in the word for us too you know make sure yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he want to stay he wants to stay in la <laughs> of course he, of course he likes to i said yeah no state taxes though man you're getting killed in, in la go to jacksonville man i'm telling you Right, right. Well, speaking of uh, DBs, by the way, I mean, I guess that'll translate into my question. I want to know your thoughts on C.J. Henderson, who the Jazz got in the first round last year, and uh, what do you think of him? I love all these questions. Oh, P- see, you guys, is, this is the perfect interview. You know why? Because I know C.J. too, man. That's what I'm saying. I know <laughs> these people. <laughs> Actually, I got to spend uh, a good amount of time with C.J. Uh, down in, um, in Texas because Deion Sanders had his camp. Uh, and, and Dion had me, he invited me down there to coach at his camp and he had CJ there just as one, as a guest. And so he and I got to talking and actually my prediction was I picked CJ to go to Jacksonville. That was my pick right there. And I just, I just love his, his maturity, um, as a player. He kind of, 
he kind of reminded me just his demeanor of like a Charles Woodson, you know, just, just his presence and how he is. Um, obviously, Charles is, is a different player, but I really like uh, for CJ, just, just for him to, to do well. He just, again, he just has to be around the, the right person, the, the right coach uh, that will put him in position to succeed. Cause that's the biggest thing. A lot of guys disappear and people, people don't realize it, but coaching play is a huge factor. A lot, you know, there's, I remember one of my buddies got hired, got, got hired by a new team and he's watching film. He's like, man, he said, there's some bad coaches out here. You know, there's a, there's a lot of coaches not helping these players, especially the young guys that are playing now. Cause when you're young, you, you don't, you don't know. You really don't know. Like there are a lot of guys coming into NFL that don't know how to watch film. I was a guy who came in here and I, I literally just came from playing full-time offense. I was the X when you're the X, that means you are the guy. Okay. You're in the boundary. You're on the ball. You're not motioning and you're probably getting the ball. I was, I was the X and I knew how to study offense, but I didn't really understand how to study defense. I didn't know how to become a pro. And that's exactly what coaches are there for. Like they're getting paid six figures to get you right. And I just hope that whoever, whoever's there does that for him because he like talent wise, he is that special. Yeah. We were kind of on to the um, Anderson thing. Uh, because we asked Daniel Jeremiah, it was funny, we asked him about it in the uh, conference before the draft. And, you know, a lot of people were like, that's a little early for C.J. Henderson to go and blase, blase, blase. But Daniel Jeremiah was like, you know, I mean, that that's a reasonable pick. And they ended up picking him up. And, uh, yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, that Colts game, those first two games, the Colts, the Titans, he really showed up big time. And also the Green Bay Packers, and people forget, like, he was lining up against Devontae Adams on the other side of the ball, and we saw what he could do in the playoffs. So, like, I think there's a lot of potential there, like you and um, I, I think, like, he's a guy that could be a, uh, a nucleus or key part of the nucleus for that defense. Um, And I, I think Phil is right there with me, even though he <laughs> – me and him both have a dislike for the Florida Gators, obviously, with me being a Georgia guy, but – um. Yeah, Phil has never really been high on the Florida guys for whatever reason. All right, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we have a lot of Florida Gator listeners. I'm not trying to upset anybody. <laughs> upset anybody. But yeah, you know, we uh, yeah, it was it was a bummer that CJ, you know, he did he didn't uh finish the season. He was hurt, but we, like Jay said, we saw uh, a lot out of him as as far as uh, you know, when he when he was out there on the field and it's definitely very exciting and, and having him paired up with Sidney Jones too, you know, I, I don't know if you got a chance to see any of what Sidney was able to do this year. Uh, but you know, do you have any thoughts on him? Because he, no, was, I haven't, I haven't got to see Sidney yet. Uh-uh. Got it. Yeah. Cause we, uh, um, you know, he was kind of uh, uh, one of those practice squad pickups, right? Jay, uh, where the, the Eagles had, had put him on the practice squad and then he came in and, and, and played excellent. So there's a lot of uh, young pieces here in place in Jacksonville that we're, we're really looking forward to. And, and do you think as far as you mentioned at the very top of this conversation, you know, a culture fit uh, changing everything. And now granted, of course, you know, urban and his squad weren't here last year, but I think it kind of started with CJ, right? Because we came off of the, uh, the uh, situation with Jalen, you know, do you think that's a, a big part of it where you have a guy that's a complete opposite as far as personality, where you have Jalen Ramsey, where he's this big, huge star. And, you know, he's, and he, he plays well, you know, his, his play speaks for itself, but also he speaks for himself as well. Do you think that was part of it? Bringing in a guy like CJ, who's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more quiet. Well, you, you, but you have to bring a number one in, you have to have, you, that's like mandatory. You need to have a corner 
that you can develop and have there, you know, and obviously with the, with the previous regime, things did not go well, you know, with Jalen. So it, it was bound for him to move on. And then of course, you know, he was going to be super expensive when it was time to pay him. So they just looked at all everything uh, in play and planned that out. So, yeah, I think, like I said, it was, it was imperative that you get that guy and, and, you know, he was there available for that and that's what they did. Absolutely. Well, Jay, that's pretty much, did you have any other, uh, any other follow-up questions for Will? Yeah, actually, one before we let him go, man. Who are your top? Because I'm a former, well, high school defensive back, and I played receiver too, by the way. So I can kind of reflect on what you were saying about receiver. But um, I did all those things in Madden my whole life. <laughs> but yeah, your top three defensive backs. I'm curious about it ever to play the game. Ever. Um, Ed Reed, Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson. Excellent trio. Yeah. 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 I remember I was in elementary school when Charles Woodson was playing. Oh my God. That guy. Yeah. He was, he was like part of the reason I, I started watching football because uh, yeah, I was during that Michigan run. I was like, who, what, what is this? And what is happening? <laughs> people, people disrespect Rod Woodson and I don't like it. I agree. I don't like it either, man. Like it doesn't make any sense. The dude has 70, he has 71 picks. Absurd. I don't know what that lays in history, but that's absurd. Listen, he had eight picks at the age of 37. Okay. He had eight picks in one season when he was in Pittsburgh. He had seven picks in when he was in Baltimore in one season. And he had eight picks in one season when he was in Oakland, which led the league when he was 37 years old. He also played, he played corner. He played safety. He made Pro Bowl at both positions, and he was a top kick returner. Like he did everything. You telling us he's the Tom Brady of his his position? As a whole, I don't know what he is. <laughs> I don't know what he is. But the the, the, the disrespect needs to stop. Yeah. Well, you guys here, Will is is tired of the Rod Woodson slander. <laughs> Eleven Pro Bowls. Eleven. <laughs> Seventy one picks. Okay. Damn it, people. <laughs> That's enough, guys. You heard it. You heard it here from Will. Well, Will, again, we thank you so much. Hey, shout out to shout out to Whiskey Jackson Taco Lou's. I miss those places. Oh man, Taco Man. That sounds good right now. Yeah. That's a, that's a, oh, not to rub it in. Sorry. <laughs> like, oh, man, I go uh, get some Taco Lou. But yeah, Will, uh, we thank you so much for for your time. And again, we're uh, you know, excited that you're here on the Believe Network with us as well. We hope to do this again with you. So, you know, we want to give you the floor and give everybody the opportunity to tell everybody about, of course, the Wine MVP and, and anything else you're working on too, where they can find your projects. Yeah. So just to keep it brief, you just follow me at Will Blackman. And then, yeah, I'm part of the Believe team. So follow, subscribe to the new podcast, the Wine MVP podcast. And I'll tell you everything that I'm doing there. <laughs> there you go, man. Jay, do you have anything else for Will before we let him go? Yeah, well, real quick, man, we, we need to know, do you have the hookup or any connections with Clico? And I know you're more of a wine guy. We're, we're champagne guys because we're trying to get... Oh, well, Vo- yeah, well, Volca Cloud? Yeah, I know. Yeah, what about him? Dude, we, we need somebody to hook us up with a sponsorship here because me and Phil, you know, we we paying for our Clico out of the store, man. And, and it's... You don't, talk about, you don't talk about it enough. <laughs> okay. You know, talk about them more. Yeah, you, you talk about them more. They have a really interesting story. Vuvka Claude means widow of Clicquot because what happened was when uh, when the husband was running the, I'm going to just be real brief, when the husband was making the wine, 
the wife really wanted to like really make it a huge international brand and he wasn't really trying to do that so what happened was eventually when he passed away she took over the business changed the name to Vuv Clicquot as a meaning widow of Clicquot and she made it what it is today. I do remember reading that now that you mentioned it on, on their site, if I'm not mistaken, it was somewhere. Yeah. Nice. You, drink and tell you, you just keep, just keep talking about it. That's okay. what you got to do. Talk about it, post about it, be annoying with it. Where they're like, who are these guys <laughs> talking about our champagne? There you go. I'm going to tell you, Will, you told us a lot of interesting stuff here today, but that was the most fascinating part of this. I didn't, I, cause I had never heard that story. So yeah, man. we appreciate it. Appreciate that. But CJ, we just got to manifest it, man. That's, That's what he's telling you. We're popping Vuv today. So. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you must be 21 to have this. Well, guys, make sure, of course, you, you check out the Wine MVP and also check out Will on Cameo. We'll make sure we link that in the <laughs> Oh, I know. I need to check that. Well. Make sure. I, don't... <laughs> I know. I'm cheap, too. I was like, I think it was like five bucks. That was the whole point. Like really enticing. <laughs> I go, five there bucks? You go. Sure. You know? Yeah, sure. I remember Will Black. <laughs> That's what I, that, that guy. And then he and then he booked you. And then now he's gonna tell all his friends about the best cameo he's ever received. And then you're gonna have to up that price, Will. It's all good. <laughs> all, all right, right man. All right, Will. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, all right. All right, everyone. There you have it. Again, big shout out to Will for giving us his time this evening. It was a whole lot of fun. And uh, as we mentioned, Jay, now that he is with the Believe Network, we hope to have him back on really, really soon. And it was nice to just kind of cut it up with him and, and have have some fun. He is very passionate about this Rod Woodson thing. I think he needs to start a campaign uh, as far as defending Rod Woodson's, you know, honor and his career because he was he was pretty passionate about that. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, like, you know, as a, I, I didn't do it on the level of Will and all of those guys and Rod Woodson. I just did it in high school. But. Dude, man, like it is a little disrespectful. And I, I mean, I know, like, Phil, you can speak on Rod Woodson a little bit because, you know, you, you we were coming up when he was playing back in the day. But, I mean, the guy was dominant, man. And, and you know, Will was reading off some stats that I forgot all about in terms of the end of his career, which is ridiculous in itself. But uh, I, I guess, you know, it's a lot of people that has a say or have a say in this thing. Uh, that basically didn't get to see him play firsthand. But, um, you know, thankfully for us, we did. And, uh, yeah, well, what a defensive back he was. Absolutely. It was a, it was really cool to get, you know, Will's thoughts on not, not only the, uh, you know, the the past uh, as far as DBs, but the current DBs that we have here in Jacksonville. But that's pretty much going to do it for this week, you guys. We just wanted to bring that in, that conversation with Will. It ran longer than we thought it would because he had some free time, which was awesome of him to give us. So we're going to be back with a brand new episode next week and more guests uh, planned for you guys in the future. Of course, we're going to be doubling down on the draft here soon. But Jay, what else do they have to look forward to not only here on the show, but also over on the Jaguars wire? Yeah, in terms of the show, it may be time because we're creeping up on it's under a month before free agency. So I'm thinking it's probably that time for me and Phil to start, um, you know, getting our thoughts together and uh, getting a podcast together, should I say, in terms of, um, you know, doing an outlook on what the Jags should do. What I'm thinking we'll do is like, you know, I'll kind of serve as the GM and Phil will help me with this as well on the podcast. And we'll make the free agency moves. We'll use the salary cap is salary cap simulators out there that can help us out. This, that and the other who we can sign, how much it'll cost. Um, addressing the needs. And then, you know, after that, I guess maybe later down the road, we'll do more mock draft simulations for the podcast as well. And as Phil said, of course, 
there will be plenty more guests talking on the draft. Hopefully some guests to talk on free agency as well. So be on the lookout for that. And much of the same of that type of content will also be on the Jaguars wire covering free agency uh, because, you know, the, the franchise tag timeline is here. It arrived on Tuesday. So I guess the only guy you can really look out for that is Cam Robinson. So we'll be on Cam Robinson watch. We'll be watching the latest in rumors in terms of um, who the Jaguars could um, be interested in, in terms of free agency. It's a little different this year, and it's kind of odd for me and Phil because normally all of these rumors and all of that, they come out of the combine. But as we all know, there isn't a combine. So it's going to be like a real, really odd year in terms of getting this kind of free agency news and rumors uh, around and, you know, to the internet or whatever the case may be. But nonetheless, we'll still be plugged in, trying to figure out that uh, stuff out basically. And uh, yeah, besides that, you know, that'll be pretty much it aside from watching the draft and getting everybody prepared for uh, the spring and summer uh, seasons of the NFL. Absolutely, folks. And again, to keep up with that, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino and Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. Also, make sure you're following Believe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well to keep up with all of the shows such as Believe in the Jags and also the Wine MVP hosted by Will Blackman. If, again, if you are enjoying the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five-star review. Also, make sure you subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on Believe in the Jaguars. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to believe in yourself and believe in the Jaguars. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.